Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here. And we pray that you get something powerful from today's sermon. Come and share with us uh, some of the stories from the youth camp. And let's put our hands together and welcome him as he comes. Awesome. Well, for anyone that doesn't know me, church, whether you're in the building or online, my name is Mitch. Um, and for the past couple of days, we took some young people, our youth ministry and a few other uh, youth ministries, and we went and had a summer camp. So we went and, and hung out with nice weather and one another and just, um, thanks, dude, um, just encountered God, had some fun and um, played some games too as well. Um and I'll talk about that a little bit later, but I've also got some young people that are going to come up in a second. They're going to share some highlights, some stories about camp. Hopefully some will be funny, some will be embarrassing. Um, hopefully none of them are about me, but we'll see what happens. But uh, Josh and T, if you guys want to come up on stage and church, can we just make them feel welcome this morning? Awesome. So... Yeah, we had a summer camp. There was about uh, just under 80 people that went there. We had heaps of fun, great weather, and um, yeah, God moved powerfully. So I'm going to hand over to T or Tiana, and she's going to share a few things about summer camp. Hey, church, how are you all doing? So as you might know, we went away with two other youths, Grace Youth and Gap Youth. It was such an amazing camp. I can't even explain how good it was. Everyone had fun and I know lots of people had an encounter with God, which is incredible. I loved literally everything about the camp, but if I had to pick one highlight, it would probably be the giant swing. Throughout the two days, there were were also a lot of punishments for certain things, like when you didn't turn up for duty group on time. Some people had to drink a raw egg for their punishment. Now, how disgusting is that? For me, the funniest, funniest punishment was my brother Jackson jumping in the pool with all his clothes on. He was late to duty group, so Dan Powell said that he had 15 seconds to jump in the pool, otherwise he would get double the punishment. So Jacko starts sprinting to the pool and then doesn't have enough time because he heard Dan counting down and he got down to one, so he just jumped in without thinking with all his clothes on and his phone in his pocket, which made everyone around laugh. For me personally, I found getting to know God more a lot easier being in an environment where everyone else is doing the same, and that's exactly the environment I was living in for a few days. From all the sermons and devotions, I came back wanting to set a goal for myself, which was to read my Bible a lot more than I already do. The people there were also a big part of me wanting to do this because they are all so encouraging encouraging towards this and could keep me accountable for it. Each of, each of the messages that different youth leaders spoke about focused on different things, but they all revolve around the same, the, the theme momentum, which is a really good starting point for us as a youth ministry and all of us personally for the year. Something that really stuck with me and something I took away was exactly these words, your call is kingdom sent and ordained by heaven. Thank you. Alright. Good morning church. My name is Josh and I was one of the kids who went on the summer camp. Really good camp and definitely up there with history makers for me. 
I made so many good memories and because there was two other youth groups, I made some new friends too and got closer with some friends that I invited. First of my great memories had to be the belly flops. They, they had a pretty decent pool and we were all trying to see who could get the loudest whack on the water. And some of us turned out being pretty red. But nothing could top Dave Devilliers' belly flop, which was just the loudest slap you could imagine. It was pretty good. Second of my greatest highlights had to be the punishments. Now, <laughs> there was duty groups, and if you turn up late or don't show up, you, you're going to get a punishment. And mine was... Um, there were six people, and you have to spin a wheel to decide what goes in your smoothie. And I can tell you none of the ingredients were any good. My, <laughs> mine consisted of a whole orange peel, zucchini, tomato sauce, and tuna. <laughs> All mixed together with water, but it couldn't have been worse than the other groups who had to have it mixed in with milk. Absolutely disgusting. But the reason why we go on the camp was to get closer with God. And the whole theme was about momentum. Mitch, Dan and Josh, all youth pastors, gave great testimonies and services. And they really stuck with me. They talked about David, the story of David, and how he defeated Goliath. But what they highlighted in David's story was his build-up to defeating Goliath. First it started with his faith with God, and he defeated his, the wolf that was trying to eat his sheep. Then, with, following that momentum, he defeated a lion, hit it in the forehead, and killed it. Then he moved up to a bear. With God by his side, he defeated the bear, flung the stone into his forehead. So that when Goliath came, his ultimate test of faith, he had the momentum with God to fling the stone and hit Goliath right in the forehead and slay him. I was really challenged by this and following the camp, I'm going to try and keep the momentum from that to go into my life. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, give a clap one more time. So camp was awesome. They had heaps of fun. There were heaps of stories and... Um, you know, more importantly, young people and um, young leaders encounter God. And so, church, I just want to say thank you for praying um, for young people. And can I just ask that you keep praying? You know, a lot of these guys and leaders as well have made commitments of what um, their year with God looks like ahead. You know, some of them want to read the Bible more. Some of them want to pray more. They want to evangelize to their friends more. And so can I um, encourage you, keep praying because um, your prayer makes a difference and we're raised 
raising up a next generation of um, future pastors, leaders, disciples of Jesus um, at the end of the day. So yeah, there's a couple of things that I want to say thank you for um, because, you know, as much work and effort um, as I put into, I don't really do a lot. Uh, compared to a lot of other people. And um, there's two uh, key groups of people that I want to say thank you. Um, First, I just want to say thank you, church, for anyone that made a slice or cookies or um, anything like that um, for summer camp. Um, They were amazing. They were awesome. Kids were eating five, six, seven cookies. So thank you for doing that. Um, The other group of people that I want to say thank you to is our youth leaders. Um, you know, they did an incredible job on summer camp. They um, served, they hung out with kids, they prayed for them, all this sort of stuff. But they also do a lot of work behind the scenes that doesn't get recognized. They were um, praying and seeking God in the lead up to this camp. And so I just want to honor you. There's some here, there's some that are watching online as well. And I want to say thank you to our leaders because of your obedience to God, um, young people were able to encounter Jesus. So thank you for that. So church, can we just give it up for these people? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And we also had some camp highlights. We had some funny stories. There's two stories that I want to tell you, um, church. There are two embarrassing stories. One uh, is about Leon. Uh, He's sitting right over there. I just really want to point him out. Uh, so he's one of our youth leaders, did an incredible job on summer camp and um, obviously just recently been married as well. So left his wife for a few days, which I'm sure was very hard to do. Um, what happened is Leon didn't bring a pillow. And so we're like, oh, okay, it's no drama. It's like, you know, he just forgot to pack one. We can see if someone's got a spare or something. Um, but then we asked Leon, we're like, oh, Leon, like, why didn't you bring a pillow? Like, did you just forget or something like that? And he's like, no, 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 I didn't forget. Um, my wife wouldn't let me bring one. <laughs> so just recently, Holly and Leon had gone to buy some really nice pillows. And um, Holly and Leon, I don't know, I'm saying Holly and Leon. It could have just been Holly. They can work that out amongst themselves. Um, said that Leon wasn't um, allowed to take them to summer camp. Now, the kicker about that story is um, while Leon was at summer camp, Holly wasn't even sleeping in that bed. She'd actually gone to her sister's for a few days. So the pillows are there unused. Uh, So Leon, thank you for sleeping for three days without a pillow, bro. The other story, and T mentioned it a little bit too as well, is we had punishments for camp. We had to motivate um, leaders and kids to turn up for duty groups. So we thought um, punishing them was the best way to provide motivation. So um, basically it was if you didn't turn up to your duty group, you had to do a punishment. Some of the guys have already talked about it. They had to um, skull raw eggs. Eggs were thrown at them and things like that. And then there was obviously um, a punishment for Jack too as well, which T explained that um, it was you know, 7.30, quarter to 8 in the morning just after we'd done our devotions. And um, we said, Jack, you've got 10 seconds. You've got to jump in the pool. Um, and the pool, as nice as it was, isn't heated. 
So, yeah, it was pretty cold. Um, but we know that when we're explaining, sometimes we can kind of miss parts of the story. And we thought that instead of me trying to explain what happened and Jack's reaction, I thought it'd be um, more appropriate that we just show you the video um, of what happened. So that's going to appear uh, on the screen in a second or two. Four, three, <laughs> two, one... <laughs> Uh, so I don't really know why Jack felt the need to take his shorts off to jump into the pool, um, but we only realised after Jack jumped in that his iPhone was in his pockets, but uh, it's waterproof, he tells me, um, if not, cost of the call bro, cost of the call. But church, you know, I want to talk to you this morning. Uh, I want to share with you, you know, camp was amazing and and everything like that. Um, And as a few of the guys have shared, um, the theme for our summer camp was momentum. And it was about building momentum um, towards what God had called them to do. And and so I want to talk to you um, a little bit about that this morning, um, which is handy because I'm just going to reuse the sermon that I preached on Thursday night. Um, Just kidding, I'm not because there's kids and leaders there and they'll yell at me if I do that. But, you know, I want to unpack a passage of scripture for you and... It's in 1 Kings chapter 19, and it's verse 11 to 13, uh, and it's from the NLT version. But essentially, the backstory of, of this passage of Scripture is that, um, you know, Elijah is a prophet. He's um, speaking for God to people and everything like that. But essentially, um, what happens, and it happens in earlier in um, 1 Kings 18 and 19, is um, he basically... Um, is with all these false prophets. They worship uh, a god called Baal. And um, basically, Elijah says, my god's real, your god's not. And so they basically have a face-off. You know, you pray to your god, I'll pray to mine. We'll see who burns down the altar. And um, obviously, um, our god, the god of Israel, answers Elijah's prayer and the false um, god, nothing happens. And then... um, those prophets end up getting killed. But what happens is there's this woman named Jezebel and she's furious that all her prophets have been killed. And so she sends a um, death threat to Elijah, essentially saying like, I'm going to kill you. And um, so he runs away scared and fearful. And um, God says, you know, go and stand on this mountain and I'll speak to you and tell you what to do. And I just want to, that's where we pick up the story. And I want to read out this passage and unpack a few things for you. So in verse 11 it says go out and stand before me on the mountain the Lord told him and as Elijah stood there the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain it was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose but the Lord was not in the wind after the wind there was an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? 
And so we read from that passage of Scripture that, you know, Elijah's there waiting on the mountain to hear from God. And, and these four um, events, I guess we can call them, occur while he's on the mountain. You know, there's, there's the wind, there's the storm, um, the earthquake that tears the rocks loose, the fire, um, and then there's a gentle whisper. But it's interesting, you know, those things happen and we'll unpack them a little bit. But before all of that, God says to Elijah, go onto the mountain and hear me. Because what happened in that moment is God understood Elijah. God understood that he needed um, an encounter with him, that everything Elijah had been going through, everything that Elijah was running from, that it hadn't been he was God he was running from, but God knew that he needed an encounter to keep going. Because see, it's an encounter with God that makes the difference. It's not me preaching effectively or, or Katie playing on the keys behind me or anything like that. It's an encounter with God that changes you. And so what happens is that's what the first thing that God says to Elijah, go to the mountain and I'll speak to you. And so what happens is the story continues. And and these four things um, happen. And and obviously it's all these big things that happen first. And and I think it's quite interesting because I think in and of itself, we assume and we often look for God for these big and these crazy like manifestations and signs and incredible wonders of his power. And, And I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but I think sometimes more often than not, God appears in less dramatic circumstances. You know, and I think what it would have been like for Elijah You know, he's being pursued, he's got death threats on his life, and and he sees these three large events that pass by him, you know, the storms, the the earthquake, and the fire. And, And I imagine him thinking like, yes, this is the God that I need on my side that can wipe out these people that are oppressing me, that they can destroy my enemies, destroy those people that have put death threats to me. And I think, um, how often do we do that? You know, we get into the presence of God and the first thing we're like, okay, excellent. I'm in the presence of God. God, can you take care of this? God, can you take care of that investment that hasn't worked out? God, can you take care of my marriage that isn't working out at the moment? God, can you take care of my kids that are walking away from God and getting lost in all sorts of things? And what happens and God's like, Let's just take a moment. And we're just like, no, God, I, don't, I can't have any more moment. I've got no time. Don't you see what's happening to me? And I feel like sometimes God wants to say, yeah, yeah, I understand that. I see what you're going through. But God wants to say, it's not what you see, but it's what I say. The God's saying, it's not what you see, but it's in fact what I say to you. And I felt like that's what God wanted to say. You know, we look and we see um, things going on around us, you know, whether it's COVID, whether it's other stuff, whatever it might be. But it's what God says to us. And that's the foundation that we're meant to hold on firm. 
But if we keep going, we look in the passage again. And so these, these, these moments, these things happen to Elijah when he's on the mountain with the fire and the storm and everything like that. And then we look at 1 Kings 19 verse 12 to 13. And then after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he heard it wrapped up his face in his cloak and went and stood at the entrance of the cave and heard a voice say to him. You know what else I think is interesting when I look at that passage and when I unpack what's going on in that scripture? I wonder if Elijah was more fixated on those big events, those big audacious loud noises and things that are happening Would he have had the sensitivity to hear God's voice speaking to him? Would he have had the assurance of saying, okay, I know that's not good. I know that's not God. I'm still going to sit and wait until it's him. You know, so often and so easily we get caught up in the loud things of this world that often we sometimes just forget, forget to sit and wait for the silence of God. And, 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 you know, I think for all of us, the goal is simply that we would know God more. And, and, you know, sometimes that happens to us in a variety of different ways. You know, it it can be we do an altar call at the front or we do a service midweek that's designed for Holy Spirit and God to move and things like that. And, you know, someone might pray over you and you might break down in in tears at the wonder and, and the amazement and the awe of how much God loves you. And that's amazing. You know, I love moments like that. Um... But there's also those moments where you're just at home, you're just reading your Bible, and it's those moments as well where God speaks to you too as well. But first and foremost, it starts with an awareness of God. And see, you know what happens? We have these bigger moments, and for our young people, our young leaders, they had those big moments on summer camp. You know, we did altar calls, and God moved, and it was amazing. And I love those sort of moments because it brings a sense of encouragement to those people. It's like, oh yeah, God's this big, He's this amazing, He's this extraordinary, and it builds expectation in people. But what happens when you have those small, still, quiet moments with God is it allows you to grow in Him. See, those big moments create expectation, but those small, quiet, still moments allow you to grow in Him. And the important thing to understand is we don't want one type of encounter or or another, that we need a combination of both. That we want those big encounters where God can inspire us, where we can dream big for, for our jobs, for our ministries, for our families, for our children. But then we also want those big, those small encounters where it's just those day after day. Where God's just speaking to us like a, a gentle whisper. Just something quiet where he's just like, hey, just keep going. Just stay the course. Just keep going. You know what I want you to do? Just keep going. Just keep following me step by step and and we'll work it out. And so that's what I want to share to you. That's what I want to challenge with you tonight. You know, it's big moments and it's big encounters, but it's the small voice of the Lord that makes the difference. And, you know, that's what happened with Elijah. He he is the small whisper, the, the... almost silence of the Lord and that's where 
God speaks to him and says, you know, I want you to do this, go and do this, go and do that. And it's where he feels encouraged and challenged by that. And I just want to read to you um, a message. Um, This was a message that one of our leaders um, got sent to um, at the end of summer camp. And I also got one that I want to read out to you after. And it just says, thank you so much for inviting us to the camp. We had a lot of fun and I love the services so much. And I've never felt as close to God as I did during the worship. It was really an amazing experience. And, you know, that's an incredible testimony that um, that young person had encountering God at the service. and, And I thank God for what happened. But my prayer right now is that young girl would continue to have encounters with God that she would continue to encounter God, not on a Friday night or at a youth service or anything where she thinks that the atmosphere's got to be right or the lights have to be right or anything like that, but that she can encounter God simply in her bedroom. And that's what we want to do. That's what we need to do. You know, sometimes I think we can overcomplicate Christianity when it's simply... Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. The key part, and that's a passage in the Bible, you can look it up. The key part of that passage is seek first the kingdom of God and then things will be added to you. But first and foremost, it starts with an awareness of God, an understanding of who he is, what he's done for you and what he wants to do through you. And so, Katie, if you can just jump back up on the keys, that would be awesome. And so what we're going to do now, you obviously would have seen there's um, communion, and we haven't taken that just yet, and we're going to take it throughout the service. And um, that's actually intentional why we haven't done it until now. Because what I wanted to do right now is create a moment of stillness and silence where God could speak to you. You know, because we take communion as a reminder of the incredible sacrifice that Christ did for us on the cross. But the incredible sacrifice on the cross was done for a reason so that you and I could enter into a relationship with Him. But a relationship with Him requires conversation to flow. And so, what I want to do, you can open it up if you want. But I don't want you to partake it just yet. I know it's difficult to open without spilling the cracker all over the carpet too as well. It's a challenge. But just like Elijah was on that mountain and all these things pass him by and then he hears a whisper. Thank you. And he hears a whisper of God and understands that God's speaking to him. You know, right now, our world is busier than ever. We've got more distractions than ever. We have um, phones that never turn off, social media to constantly scroll on. But more than anything else that keeps going, the one thing that we need is more of Jesus. The one thing that we need is more of Jesus. And so if you feel comfortable, would you just close your eyes and bow your heads for me? 
And what I'm going to do just for a minute or two is I'm just going to stop talking. And I'm just going to let Katie play. But I just want you to have a moment like Elijah did. Just have a moment like Elijah did when he heard the gentle whisper of the Lord and he responded. So right now, just let God speak to you. And then after that, I'm going to pray and we can partake together. pray Jesus that we would just put aside distractions we would just put aside lunch plans we would just put aside the upcoming busyness of the week and we just simply take a moment and focus on you whether we're in the building or watching online much like Elijah heard a gentle whisper of the Lord and responded that we would hear you whispering to us Lord and that we would respond as well and so God I pray as we go throughout our weeks that we're continually aware of your presence that we push aside distractions if we need to but more importantly we make time and effort to hear your voice And so I pray for all of these things in your name. Amen. Let's partake together. Awesome. I just want to finish quickly by saying one thing. And um, what I do whenever I preach a message and, and the kids and leaders will know this because I explained to them on summer camp, is that I just write, I write a simple statement and it basically just sums up um, what I try and um, communicate, what I feel that God's laid on my heart. And I just simply want to read um, the statement that I've written to you now. Um, and my hope is that it's just something small, something simple, but you can take it away and it can be something that reminds you to... Um, Make some time to listen to the still, quiet voice of God. And the statement is simply this. You need to intentionally build momentum in your relationship with God. Otherwise, you will miss the things that He's called us to do. Our goal as disciples of Christ is to not simply encounter God, but to grow with God. And so my prayer for you, church, this week is you would not only encounter God, but you would grow with God. Um, Be blessed. Have a great week. And um, thank you, church.
Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including our service times and live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.